Hi, welcome to episode 7 of the Behind the Backdrop podcast. I'm Ben Sanford. And I'm Nicole Sanford. And in this episode, we'll be discussing and analyzing Sarah Bareilles' debut musical, Waitress. Broadway production of Waitress and a summary of the show and its important themes. We will then move on to our usual analysis and breakdown of the characters and music in the show. Waitress was originally a film released in 2006, written and directed by Adrian Shelley, starring Carrie Russell as Jenna, Nathan Fillion as Dr. Pomater, and Shelley herself as Dawn. While the film is not a musical, the Broadway production follows the plot of the film pretty closely. Waitress the Musical opened on Broadway on April 24, 2016, after having 33 previews taking place the month before. It then ran for more than 1,500 performances and closed on January 5, 2020. Waitress was composed, written, directed, and choreographed by four women, Sarah Bareilles, Jesse Nelson, Diane Paulus, and Lauren Lataro, which is almost completely unheard of in the Broadway industry. With representation behind the scenes, Waitress also tells a story that is almost completely about women. The show follows our protagonist, Jenna, as we see glances into her life and the lives of the characters around her, and we watch them handle abuse, affairs, and intense insecurity. After realizing she's pregnant, Jenna begins an affair with her doctor and struggles with knowing that it's wrong, but finding solace in this new escape from her abusive husband. One of the most compelling parts of this show is the way that it dives into various relationship dynamics. The show explores the safety that can be found between a mother and a daughter, the suffering and insecurities that stem from abusive relationships, what it means to be a loyal friend, the complexities behind affairs, and the process of learning to understand your own value and purpose as an individual. One theme that Wagers intricately explores is artistic expression and the potential dangers and silver linings that can result from putting everything into your passions. Jenna hides her pain and traumas by running into her baking. Instead of addressing her issues or looking for solutions, she distracts herself whenever she can. Although this is the best way for Jenna to cope, it leaves her in continuous dire circumstances, especially regarding her husband, Earl. Okay, so to start off our character analysis, the first thing that we kind of want to preface is that we are going to base most of our analysis on the Jesse Mueller soundtrack because that's the recorded version on Spotify that we've listened to the most. However, Jenna has been played by tons of different people, including Allison Luff, who Ben saw on Broadway in New York, and other people like Shoshana Bean and Catherine McPhee and, and Jordan. We both saw we both saw um Desi Oakley play her on the tour here. So Yes. So she's been played by a lot of different people. In my personal opinion, I think Jesse Mueller does an incredible job playing Jenna, mostly because this character really can be played differently depending on who the actress is. What I really like about how Jenna or how Jesse plays her, Jesse Mueller plays her, is that she emanates a sort of strength. In my opinion, it's mostly conveyed through the way that she sings and through her mannerisms but non-verbally non-verbally yeah she has this like the a way about her when she's walking around the stage and when she's interacting with other characters that is strong but also has this timid submissive Sensitive. sensitive insecure side of her that comes out obviously with earl her abusive husband and even comes out with her friends and, like, the other people that she's just interacting with at the pie shop. And I think Jessie does a beautiful job of balancing Mm -hmm. the strength and also the submissiveness, whereas some of the other actresses that I've seen, like, clips of them playing Jenna, it feels like they have, like, I don't more sass, maybe? Or, like, you were going to say that somebody... Who plays Desi, her, like, more cold? Desi Oakley was... I actually really liked Desi's version of it, too. Um, but she was the tour... She was the original um, actress on the tour for it. And she had sort of a stone coldness about her. Especially in her first few scenes with um, Palmer before they got together. It was very, like... She was, like, seemingly cut off. And, like, I don't want to... Like, this is... Like, I don't want to be here. This is uncomfortable. And it was really interesting to me. And especially Allison Luff played it kind of the opposite in that she was pretty warm from the Mm -hmm. get-go. And so it's just interesting to see different interpretations of the character. And I think that there's a lot to play with. Um, I just like it when they have the warm 
side to her because I think that's a lot about who Mm -hmm. Jenna is. Like, that's what she's about, like, baking pies with her mom and, like, she's a loving, warm person. And so to take that out of her and make her cold just because she's in an abusive relationship, I don't think that encompasses everything that Jenna is, even though she has been bruised and abused Mm -hmm. by her husband and people in her life. So and her dad. And... Yeah, exactly. So I I don't know. I, I agree with you that there's a lot to play with with the character. And I think different actresses should definitely kind of take that on to do with that what they will. But I, I particularly like the actresses who take into consideration the sweet sides of her. Because especially with this like whole theme of baking, like I feel like that plays into her personality. And that's mm-hmm. an important part of the character. And what makes things complicated and not so straightforward is that she is struggling with these things, but she's also, she's a really genuine, warm, sweet person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like, honestly, with baking being, like, the central focus of the show, obviously, they could have picked any kind of art, it seems like. And so, the fact that the thing that she loves and cares about and puts so much work into is something that is so community-based, like... She makes pies, like, for people and, like, is welcoming people and, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, like, that being a symbol is something that is is inherently warm and comforting and, like, sociable. Yeah. Whereas, like, if she was, like, a sad painter who, like, worked (laughs) alone in her, like, you know what I'm saying? It, It feels like they picked something that makes her warm like and to convey it through that art form, I think says a lot about her character, and it's a it's a great way to narrate Jenna's character. So if you take that side of her out of it, I think it just is lacking an element of yeah. who Jenna is. So in that light, I think Jesse Mueller does an incredible job of balancing that. And along with that, like I think it's really important to. I think that there can be moments where she's a little more rude or like For sure. abrasive or whatever. Um, but I think that in moments like it only takes a taste mm-hmm. or things like that, having her be super warm and like a little giddy and like watching how she is the contrast between the way she is around Pomater and is around Earl is really, really important. And, and the seeing... way that she's around Pomater is who she really is. Right. And she's able or to let down her be. guard. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Earl is like, she's always like, attentive and like making sure on guard yeah exactly she has all her walls up so we'll continue to talk about jenna as we go more into the musical numbers as well but her two best friends becky and don are obviously central characters in the show as well and for both of them but especially don i really like that don is one of the biggest comedic reliefs in the show and adds a ton of spunk and Mm -hmm. excitement to the show just purely based on her personality but her character is really deep yeah i i totally agree with that and i think that what is so interesting about don is that it she's she is really silly and goofy but she also feels really relatable like a lot of the things that she deals with in the show are like feeling like she's never gonna find the right person and like being awkward about a dating app and like these kind of silly day-to-day things that at some point i feel like a lot of people think about or face and like her awkwardness is something that we even if we're not all as awkward as Don is it's something that we can all be like okay I know what it's like to feel like that and I know what it's like to be a little insecure and shy and like what if I meet someone and they're crazy and and so I think that she adds a like lightness to every scene that she's in but also is someone who's relatable and adds complexity to the show even if it's in a lighthearted way. Yeah, and it seems like her character kind of surprised... At least she surprises me because her character is focused so much on comedy. It almost surprises me in the sense that I don't even realize what her character is really about until, like, almost like the end of the show Mm -hmm. or, like, the middle of the show when you're like, oh, wait, yeah, this is relatable. And she is making kind of a broader point about just like normal human insecurities but you're not really paying attention to that in the moment because she's singing a funny song and like has a silly personality and then like you realize after the fact whereas jenna's character is more like blatantly obvious yeah i really agree and i think that the show what it does so well is that it does even though a lot of the characters fall into a kind of archetype of sorts like 
Jenna is the like tortured soul like protagonist and then we have like our obnoxious like and loud comic relief in Becky and then like the shy nerdy girl in Dawn it it has all of those archetypes but it also really unpacks them and makes them into their own characters and with someone like Becky I think that they do really interesting things with her especially in her affair and in her song about that mm -hmm. it's really interesting I it's like I it I feel weird about it morally because I'm like <laughs> don't cheat on people but it's it's a, interesting to think about and I think that they play a lot with her character and she's obviously extremely funny um, and I think that her relationship with Jenna is also really cool, seeing how borderline motherly Becky is over Jenna and how she feels protective and wants to help her all the time. I think that... But she's also struggling with her own stuff. Totally. And that is so evident. Yeah. Especially, like you said, in her song, too. And what I also love about them is just... We talked about this in kind of our overview of the themes, but the way that they portray their friendship between the three of them is really cool because they are shown on stage a lot together as equals. Like Jenna, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Jenna isn't normally like in the front of them. When they're singing a, a song together, the three of them, mm -hmm. they're most of the time they're all singing it together as... Like side by side. Like, yeah. 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 And then, as you said, they get to know the audience gets to know each character because they each have their own songs and their own stories and the, their own things that they're dealing with. But then it's almost like at the end of the day, they all come together at the pie shop or wherever they are and they're going to be there for each other, even though you're also getting these backstories. Yeah, that is super interesting. I feel like I, I had not noticed that before that they are all standing like in a line or together. Yeah. And when you think about a lot of the scenes that the three of them are all in together, like, it doesn't feel like, oh, well, these are the background characters, yeah. and here's Jenna, who's front and center and the most important part of every scene. It's like, the script really takes time to, to appreciate and unpack all of the characters, not just Jenna, and I think that that's a really unique to this show and really cool and and they do it really well in that you feel obviously you're rooting for Jenna the whole time but you also are able to really connect with a bunch of other characters and that's super fun for an audience for sure yeah this is kind of a side note but related to the character analysis I really like that this show focuses basically on a central five characters Jenna Becky Dawn Dr. Pometer and Earl but it doesn't feel like your typical small casted show like mm -hmm. Dear Evan Hansen where they're literally basically the people who are the main characters are also the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't an ensemble, but there kind of is an ensemble in this show. At least the people who come to the pie shop and even the band that's playing the soundtrack while they're doing the show is on stage with them. So it feels crowded and communal, but it does center around these five characters and digs deep into them. So, going on to Dr. Pometer, he's such an interesting character. Mm -hmm. He's yeah, the best. He's I think what's really interesting <laughs> about Pometer is with Jenna and the affair with between the two of them, it makes a lot of sense, and I think that it's pretty easy for the audience to say, okay, well, Jenna's getting abused at home, so yeah, she can kind of do whatever she wants. Like, like, I have no... I, there doesn't seem to be very much of a moral issue for me with Jenna cheating on Earl when he's literally abusing her. And she wouldn't be able to just right. leave like she him. She doesn't feel safe to leave him and doesn't feel like that's something she can do. Yeah. And she can find safety in Pometer. Pometer, however, is in a relationship with a really loving wife. We meet her at the end of the show briefly. And I think one of the last things that Jenna says to Pometer is like, she trusts you so much. And I think that's such an interesting line, and I think that that says a lot about Pometer as a character. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, the way that his comedic relief, or I guess it's not even comedic relief a lot of the time, because the show is really lighthearted and uh -huh. fun. Yeah, so, it's not like a break for comedy. It's no. like, it is a comedy of the show. I mean, the, the worst parts of the show is obviously when Earl is physically or verbally abusing Jenna. Right. But other than that, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a dark show, even though the themes in it and the things that happen to the characters are hard and 
difficult and complex, but that it's not, I don't know, it's not a dark show per se. So I guess it's not really relief from anything. Well, it's like you said earlier, it's just a balance. They balance it really yeah. well. But his his character is so funny and he's introduced in that way because mm-hmm. I don't even think in the beginning we don't even know that he has a wife until after, right? Um, I don't think or, they really talk about his wife until literally bad idea. Until when she's like, you have a wife. Exactly. Yeah. I do. Okay. So I was watching a while ago, I was watching a video by Catherine Steele on YouTube and she was talking about how she thinks that the reason that Palmiter is so drawn to Jenna is that he likes like helping people and he likes being the person that can make someone's life better, which is likely why he became a doctor is he wanted to help people and wanted to make a positive difference. And so the reason he's so attracted to and so wants to be there for Jenna is because he wants to help her and he doesn't, maybe he doesn't feel like he can help his wife because his wife seems very capable. She's like getting her doctor, like she's becoming a doctor, like she's doing her residency. And so he might feel like, okay, well, I feel like I can't help you with anything. I can't bring anything to you and make you better. I mean, that's not justification. For no, that's fam, not at all but... justification. And I think that that, it can be a really negative trait, even yeah. though it's great that he wants to help people. The fact that he could feel like, okay, well, I'm going to cheat on my wife since she's doing okay. And he could help really... her in other ways than having an affair right. with her. It, it seems like he kind of, likes the codependency yeah that jenna gives him which is obviously toxic but possibly a reality Mm -hmm. and i mean jenna brings up them breaking up more than once and he every time is like no 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 no, please 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 like i really want to keep having this affair with you and it's like what is going on at home dude but she's also the one that like comes on to him first and like basically like makes the first move i'm not saying it's all on him it's just so interesting the way Mm -hmm. that it pans out because it's almost like you could make the argument oh well he is the one that pursued her and so she didn't have anything else to do but it's like she was actually the one that... It is really interesting how it all plays out, where it's yeah. like there's flirty tension, then he, like, gets her to come to the doctor's office early, and, and she gets what... mad at him, but then she kisses him. But it's part so, of yeah. what I love about Jenna, though, is her... Like, she does have spunk and spice in her, where she's like... There's an impulsiveness I'm... to her, and which I'm... is exciting. Yes, exactly. And I, I think Jesse Mueller does... Again, I already said this multiple times, but does a great job of that, where it's like there is this exciting kind of innocent and like, but also like a, I don't know how to explain it. Like a strong character trait in her. That's like, I'm going to do what I want, but then it just feels like she's burdened by all of these external, mostly her husband, obviously, but burdened by these external like circumstances or pressures or whatever it is. That's kind of weighing her down. And to Dr. Palmiter's credit, like he, I, I, I would say that he kind of lifts that burden off of her and allows her to be her Jenna self, which Mm -hmm. she hasn't been able to be since she's been in her marriage. Right. Yeah. I also think that the Earl character gets really interesting and complicates the whole situation, especially because they make it clear to us that Jenna's dad was abusive to her mom. And so like we, it's, it's a cycle that she's repeating and that this is something she's always known. Yeah, and there's a line in the song that says, it's something I never got the chance to ask her about. And that's right in the scene. There's a scene where her During what parents... They do. Yeah. There's a scene with her parents in the background where her dad is abusing her mom. And that's when she says that line, mm-hmm. which I interpreted that as... Her saying, like, I never got the chance to ask her about that relationship and what that was for her, which, to your point, is part of it, I think, is that it is this cycle repeating and Jenna feels like she can't get out of it in part because her mom was in that situation, too, and didn't know how to get out of it. And so mm-hmm. she's... It's like, oh, she, she, like, learned how to be like that. Exactly. And so how would, like, it's borderline, like, instinctual for her to be with someone like Earl because she's never known anything else. Exactly. And what Palmiter does is he gives her that something else and shows her that she can be valued and that she can be worth it and that people... And, I mean, there's so many... I guess we can get into it 
more with the character with the song analysis but like she talks about things like i hope you get addicted to having what you say matter to her to baby to yeah. her daughter yeah to her baby she says that it's like that's such interesting language like yeah. i hope you get addicted to saying things and having them matter to someone that's really fascinating and i the fact that she's like oh my god like what like actually what i say has value is and she's realizing that what as a 30 year old as yeah. a 25 year old at least like as an adult woman who's been married and pregnant and like and she's only now learning that she actually might have something of value to bring to the world and to say and and i think actually watching um the you matter to me scene before the song starts actually and she's basically breaking up with pomater and then she he gives her a present and whatnot and everything and so they start making a pie and she just gets rambling and starts talking and just like you know just talking and about whatever so and talking and about giddy. her mom and she says something like oh my god like, i'm sorry like i probably shouldn't be talking this much but it's the first time that we really see her like borderline probably what goes on in her brain and what she does when she's alone but we get to see that verbalized and we see her personality when she has her guard down and when she can relax and, and take a breath in the past in the first act of the show or the beginning of the show most of the scenes that we see where she's like that is when she's alone and mm -hmm. when she's talking about her mom her mom who obviously has passed away but in this scene it's like Dr. Pometer has almost invited himself into her world and then said, take me into your world. Show me what it is that you love to do. And then we see her in her element with him, which is like the first time, I guess you could argue that with Becky and Don and like in the pie shop, but I feel like it's not the same. I feel like it's not the same. I mean, I, I think that there's a level of that. There's a level of safety and comfort that she has with them, but she is still like tense yeah she looks tense and the, but the staging that they do when jenna is singing by herself at the beginning of the show and when they do the flashbacks with her parents she's singing by herself with the like very specific lighting and staging and then this is the first time with another person dr pometer that he's kind of invited into that realm which is like her introspective. Yeah, it's like a, it's her place to be creative and to exist and to express herself. And yeah. and I mean, and we see that in the fact that she's constantly making up these new recipes whenever yeah. something in her life happens. So when it's like, what is the, one of the first ones is like betrayed by my eggs pie. <laughs> and so you literally see her taking her like stresses and her hardships in life or her optimistic slice of Joe pie or whatever, slice of heaven. Um, and so we see, like, she really does deal with her issues through putting them into her food and into her baking. And so by her inviting Pometer into that realm, or for Pometer inviting himself into it, she is actually existing in a place where she's, like, it's kind of like she's opening up about herself, even if she's just doing it through her baking. And so by, by making a pie with Pometer, she's like telling him about what this means to her, why she's doing this. She's telling him about her mother. It's so interesting. And we can talk about the ending later too, but I feel like it's relevant now because what ends up happening is that when Jenna does finally let her guard down and open up to Dr. Pometer, that's when she finally realizes that she actually doesn't need him. Yeah, you said that. I Because we were talking about it earlier when, when we were prepping for this and and I was like, well, I don't know if I fully get why she leaves him. I do to an extent. I think a big part of it is that is she met his wife and was like, yeah. oh my God, she's so nice and she loves you. And I cannot do this to another person anymore. But you said that. You said like, what if she just is like, I kind of, I don't need you anymore. Like I can't yeah. kind of exist. And that's really interesting. Because I feel like I would have assumed that they would be together. But then... What I really like about the end is that when she finally gives birth to her daughter and Dr. Pometer is there that day, obviously, and is in the hospital as is Earl. And then when she's laying in the hospital bed, she leaves Earl and tells him to leave. And then Dr. Pometer leaves. He, he exits off stage. And then it's just her and her daughter. And that's how it ends. And I just wasn't expecting that. And I'd... I, I don't even know if I like or 
dislike it per se. Like, I wouldn't have been unhappy if it had ended where they had been together, and I don't think that would have been a bad ending, but it is very interesting to know what happens in the end and then kind of look back at their the course of their relationship, and I feel like the overall trajectory of their relationship ends up highlighting Jenna as an individual more than anything else, mm-hmm. which is kind of this, like, overarching theme. If well, that yeah. ma- I mean, and that was a tangent, deals pretty but... full circle with, like, her and her daughter. Yeah. It's like, it's like sh- the same thing could happen again with having this safety between the mother and daughter. And so yeah. instead of ending the story and seeing, look, Jenna found an amazing guy and ended up with him and he was so nice and rich because he's a doctor and provided for her. It's like she takes her life into her own hands and says, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own now and I'm going to do it with my daughter and my friends and whoever else. But like, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the way my life goes and not be as passive in it. But it feels genuine. Like, I feel like there would have been a way and maybe it's Jesse Mueller. Maybe it's the script, maybe it's all of the above, I don't know, but there's something about the way that it happens and the way that it plays out. The breakup? No, like her, her, well, yeah, I guess the breakup with Dr. Pometer where Mm -hmm. she ends up deciding not to be with him or deciding to break up with him. It, there's something like authentic that doesn't feel try hard in the sense of like, I don't need you anymore. Like that's not not like, actually, I'm just going to be a woman on my own. It's like, it's yeah which like if that's the route they would have taken that's fine like it is a show that is predominantly women and that could have been an important thing for them to a narrative for them to choose but i almost kind of liked that it doesn't feel it just doesn't feel try hard to me and i i but it's also it is like i feel like what people when they write scripts that are more like that where it's like ah i need no man in my life they are they are maybe i'm wrong but it, it seems like the intent would be what Waitress does. Yeah. Because Waitress has the same effect where yeah. she decides she doesn't need a man and decides that she can do it completely on her own. And But she it's does. almost like that feels beside the point. But it's, even it's, though it's more the about the characters and Jenna coming. It's, it's less about Jenna not needing a man and more about Jenna being her, an individual. Exactly. That's what which I'm is saying. What, which is, feels borderline. I mean, I'm not a woman, so I can't really say, but feels borderline more empowering because it's like, oh my, yeah, you can just do it. And I would say arguably equally or more empowering, but it probably would depend on the person right. or, or the audience member or whatever. And obviously like people can interpret these things differently. I feel like that's what is also so interesting about stories mm-hmm. like this is that some people might hate the ending and, and think that it doesn't make any sense or you wish that it was more picture perfect but also I feel like it's picture perfect in its own way and I don't know I just like that there's so many different ways that you can kind of take it and I I I think I do like the way that it ended even though it kind Mm -hmm. of caught me off guard yeah me too it was surprising but I it didn't like disappoint me or anything yeah me too Okay, so now to get into the song analysis. Um, the first song in the show is What's Inside, obviously. And I think that this song is... I just love it for some reason. I feel like it's so comforting to me when I'm having a bad day and want to be cheered up. I just listen to What's Inside because there's something that feels so, like, ethereal about it. And it's, like, this magical... And when you see the show, it's, like, these, like purple and blue lights that are surrounding her as she's like talking about something that's so important to her. It's a great way to show the the musical's like biggest theme or symbol that is the pies and the baking. And so I think that putting that at the forefront of the first song really it's it shapes the whole show kind of around that narrative and you always have that in the back of your mind. And so I think it does a great job of introducing Jenna to us as a character and just setting up the show as a whole. I also feel like going along with that symbol, I think the lyrics in the song are just really interesting and cool. Um, Some of them are like, everyone wants to know what's inside, the pies obviously, simple questions, so then what's the answer, my whole life is in here. And I think that that is a great like lyric to sum up how Jenna is feeling and how she relates to her art in this way, and that she is putting all of herself into this. And it says that to us, and we can get that right away. And then she also says, what a mess I'm making to go yeah. into the to opening up. And 
it's like she's like I don't even know what I'm doing and I think that that is adds to the metaphor even more that it's like baking is something messy and there's flour and like every, butter and it's all like sticky and whatever and, and nasty but then the finished product is like this beautiful presentable like food pastry that yeah. everyone loves and so it's like it's like there's so many complicated and messy and difficult things that go in the process of making it but then it comes out beautiful the other obvious not metaphor but just the meaning behind this song too is just like her just saying you want to know what's inside i feel like she does feel like she's hiding herself with others mm -hmm. in her life especially with earl because she can't be herself and she feels like she's hiding who she actually is so just the way that Sarah Bareilles wrote this song kind of mixing no pun intended everything together that is her passion and love for baking and also her insecurities and and the way that she's isolated on the stage the the opening song the opening scene is just Jenna on stage by herself and on the ensemble floating some pies around her. Exactly. So it's just her and her pies, which further through the visual and the lyrics and all of it is just visualizing this whole and sending the narrative that she feels isolated, but she also has this thing that she's passionate about that she's able to throw herself into that makes things better. And she feels like she's hiding from the world and hiding from the things that she's struggling with, but she also is able to turn all of that mess into something beautiful. And all of that is portrayed in one opening number. Right. And the audience doesn't even necessarily know that. Yeah, th that's the other thing is that the audience is like, I'm seeing this for the first time. What's it about? Like, Who's to say? Here's but some it, they're, pies. They're putting so much like dense stuff into the first song and it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I also really like the idea that people are like, well, what makes you so good? Like, how do you, it's just baking. Like, well, how do you make a good pie? And it's like, she's like, I, I don't know. Like, how do you do anything ever? Like, I just, it's, I, it's what I know how to do. And so like, I, I just like the, I think it's a great setup for the show. And then going into opening up, I think that opening up is also a really good introduction to almost every character. You see people like Cal, who are silly and in the background and he gets to make jokes or whatever. But then you see someone like Jenna, you see the transition from her in her like euphoric place of baking pies, switch into the like, Oh my God, I'm aw awkward. And like, I like named this pie wrong. And like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I'm stressed and frazzled and, and I'm chaotic Jenna. She's also just getting thrown into reality, mm -hmm. which, and there is such a distinct difference between reality and when she's in that kind of euphoric mm -hmm. pie <laughs> baking world. world yeah exactly <laughs> and and then you also get to see people like don and becky and the way that they write them into the songs they they you understand their personalities right away and it just clicks and everyone's i don't know it just flows super i well. love that it jumps in between the introspective kind of reflective scene with jenna and they do that with the other characters too mm -hmm. and then like flipping it just straight into the pie shop and getting that like busy feeling with the ensemble too and mm -hmm. like the band that's on the stage and like it just feels like it feels like you're there when you're watching it yeah for sure and then um with what baking can do this song is like actually one of my favorite musical theater songs like ever there's something about i think that just it's content and what she's talking about again kind of what i've been saying but she's talking about how she can escape into her art and and she can make it clever and she can she can manipulate it. it's like a world that she can create for herself and so she can do anything she wants with her art and that's something that I've ex felt and experienced kind of firsthand with like theater and acting myself is that I feel like I can take a lot of my stuff and a lot of the things I'm going through and put channel that into a character in a way that I can stand in front of an audience of people and be like hi I'm struggling with this but I'm the only one that knows that I'm mm -hmm. opening up about that and I think that this song is beautifully constructed to summarize that and it feels like a perfect description of that and so like I just feel really connected to this song myself and really like it a lot yeah and it's really similar to opening up in the sense or what's inside and opening up I guess but what's inside because it it conveys and also sort of and she used to be mine but it conveys the messiness of everything where she's crafting the beautiful parts of her life and the messy parts of her life and putting it all into this 
one thing and that's narrated through all of these different pieces and the ingredients that are going into her pie. So it's, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. And I feel like the way that it's written and kudos to Sarah. I mean, Sarah Bareilles it's is insane incredible. That this is the first musical she's ever written. To. Yeah. Like she really nailed it. Yeah, for sure. So then another song that people, in my anecdotal experience, people love when he sees me, like they love it. For me, it doesn't really do it for me that much. I like Dawn, and I think she's silly and fun. Um, this song isn't my favorite. I think but... it's such a good song. It's not my favorite by any but people, means. People, I'm like people are obsessed with this song. I feel like the reason they would be obsessed with it is mostly because of the performance mm-hmm. more than it actually the song. It's just such a cute song, and it to what we we talked about this before, but it's such a cute song, and it portrays like the awkwardness of dating and mm-hmm. the uncomfortableness, and so I think people. And you said this all in the beginning, but it, I think people can relate to it and it's just funny, but it also showcases Dawn's voice or whatever actress is playing Dawn. So I, I really, really like this song. I never skip it when it comes on, but I also, it's not, I would not say it's my favorite on the soundtrack by any means, but it's just a fun, it's a fun one. Yeah. I also think that this song is just so, it's fun and silly. And I think that it expresses the anxieties of dating really well not that I have much experience <laughs> we're keeping that in <laughs> but I think that it's really funny and everything anyway moving on <laughs> so the next song in the show is it only takes a taste and I think this is one of my favorite songs not probably not my f- number one favorite but it, it's up there and I think the reason for that is it does such a good job of exploring the relationship between Jenna and Dr. Pometer. I think you really see both of them, to their own surprise, like, really get comfortable. And, and when they're like, being themselves. Yeah, and I th- and you also get a chance to see Dr. Pometer's, like, nerdy awkwardness, which is so fun, and how he's, like, anxious and, like, oh my god, did I say the wrong thing? And he, he naturally, kind of does... he's naturally funny, but, yeah, like... Totally. It doesn't always get taken the right way, obviously. But you right. can see that he's just he's just being goofy. He's being genuine, too. Like, a lot of times where he'll make offhanded comments where she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, oh my god, sorry, I did not mean it that way. But And I just, I think it's a great, it's a really fun song. And again, it just, it really emphasizes their relationship really well, I think. And in this song with Jesse Mueller's version of it, too, I think you, you get to see her sweet giddy side for the first time because up until now yes we've seen her obviously in the context of baking and all that kind of stuff and like reminiscing about her mom and like being passionate but you don't really see her in her element in the same way as you do in this song if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah I totally agree. I remember Alice in Love was amazing it's also just such a cute song it's adorable ugh I love it's it. really good. And then, so after that song is A Soft Place to Land, which, to be honest with you, when I was listening to the soundtrack before I saw the show ever, I was like, eh, it's kind of boring, it's kind of slow, but there's something about it when you're watching it live that is really special, I think, and it's like, there's, it feels like there's like a moment where these three women can be on stage together and kind of exist together which is pretty unique, and I think it's really cool to see that done on stage. Um, I think that all of the three of them singing the song are going through pretty stressful times, to say the least, especially Jenna, but even Becky and Don to an extent. Like I think they all feel a little bit of chaos in their lives in general, and this song is a moment for all of them to stand there and say, we've got each other. We're a soft place to land. If you need me, ask and I'm here. And I think that that is really beautiful. And to see that done on stage is is pretty rare. So Yeah, I... and even, even though they are all going through their individual life circumstances at that point in time, I feel like this song takes away the details of what they're going through and kind of summarizes it into this, like, we're all just human going through this and we're going through this together and I feel like it's relatable to some extent and it's the staging is so beautiful too it kind of brings in the same vibe as when Jenna sings by herself when she's baking it Mm -hmm. brings in that kind of like 
magical escapist yeah like. yeah that's a good word for it and and obviously they just sing it so beautifully and so you just it's a moment yeah, when you're sitting in the get... audience and you're just like oh my god yeah you're so talented i feel like it's easy to get bogged down in the like oh we're gonna ana- analyze yeah all of the details of the lyrics and the motifs which is so important and and it's and what yeah it's, it's fun it started the podcast but... exactly and it's what makes it really enjoyable to continue listening to these shows mm-hmm. Because you always find new things that you're learning about it. And we're going to, whatever, we're going to record this episode right now. And then a year from now, there's going to be more things that we're finding in this musical and in every musical that we love and adore. That was a tangent. But this song is just a good song. And it's beautiful to listen to, as are a lot of these songs. Even, I guess the next one is Bad Idea. Bad Idea is so fun fun to listen to <laughs> it is just a fun song to listen to yeah, I don't know. and i think that a large part of that is you can credit sarah Bareilles. like sarah Bareilles knows how to write a good song yeah and she surprisingly knows how to write really good musical theater songs too no one would have so known now she's writing really good songs to listen to and songs that are make are really good musical theater songs and make a lot of sense in the context when you're watching them in the plays and stuff. And yeah, Bad Idea's a blast. I think that it's, it's has similar traits to It Only Takes a Taste. It's obviously a very different, like, tone to it. Yeah. But, again, you get to see this, like, exciting and, like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening right now. Like, I can't believe we're doing this mentality that Jenna and Dr. Pomodoro both, both have. And I think that that is really... It's watch. also a really difficult song to sing. It's so hard, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like and they the, nail it. The notes that they hit, the amount of notes that they hit, and, and the harmonies the are range. weird and like yeah. yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. And it's like offbeat a little bit too. But I love I love the lyrics just like it's a pretty good idea or a pretty good bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like just clever. It's yeah. clever and straightforward and yeah. I freaking love this song. Yeah. I think it I mean I don't I don't know if I could say it's my favorite, but I think it's the one that I go back to the most overall. Mm-hmm. There are so many amazing songs in this show for different reasons, but I think that this one might be one of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the next song in the show is I Didn't Plan It, which is right after act one and I this song really it's interesting to me and it's a perspective again and I talked about this earlier with Becky but I, I feel really it's it's just really interesting to me and I think this obviously comes when Jenna kind of gets mad at Becky for having an affair with Cal and what's in the scene before what's really interesting to me and which always catches me off guard is that Jenna says, well, if you're going to cheat on him, why don't you just divorce your husband, Phil? And she's like, because I love him. And that's always interesting to me. And it's like, well, why are you having an affair if you love him? Because it's, and it's like, because I, I'm not doing anything with him. Well, then why don't you leave him? Because I love him. And I think that's a really interesting mindset to unpack and explore. And I think obviously Jenna's being such a, a hypocrite in this moment judging Becky for something that she just got back from doing herself. Yeah. Um, even though obviously the situation is different. The circumstance is different but, but in but, principle. Yeah, but even like Becky has her reasons for staying. Her husband seems senile a little bit to the way they talk about him and like she's taking care of him and needs to be there for him but like also wants to be young and live her life. And so that's a, that's a, it's just interesting to think about and to unpack it all. It is hard to explore it though, too, because I feel like, I feel like it's difficult to justify Becky's Mm -hmm. more so than Jenna's. Like, why are we just, if she loves her husband, why? Same thing with Dr. Pometer. Like if he loves his wife, which maybe I guess he doesn't per se, or it's not that he doesn't love her. It's just that he isn't, yeah, isn't feeling fulfilled in his relationship, I guess. But it I, it, I don't know, Becky's confuses me. I would, honestly, I don't have her figured out as a character mm-hmm. well enough to even provide, like, any analysis of substance with her just because, I don't know, I just, I guess She's I don't really, I don't really yeah. get it. I think she, well, okay, obviously she has an incredible voice. Yeah, I, I love the song, I didn't plan it from a musical standpoint and just as development with her character. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I have much more to offer, as far as analyzing wh- her motives or, I don't know the dyne. Do, you yeah, know what I yeah, mean? I, I don't totally know. Do. 
And I do think that, okay, obviously it's complicated in the context of affairs because that's a weird thing to talk about. Yeah. But just as a song in life, I also really like the lyrics and I think they're That's good. a great point. And so, like, the thing she's talking about is, like, it's just an interesting phenomenon that she's describing. Like, the light turned red and I ran it and I'm still standing. Yeah. I didn't plan it. Like, I, it feels like she's basically being like, I don't know, I'm playing... I'm playing with the cards I was dealt. I'm just doing my thing. Like, and Jenna kind of is a little like spiteful to her for that. And she's like, you can do, you can say what you want about me, but I'm just doing, I'm just winging it as I'm going. Like I didn't, I'm not sketching this out and scheming this, but I'm just doing my thing. And it totally can apply to Jenna and it can apply to everybody. Yeah. Like you don't, your life isn't always something that you can just plan out meticulously and make sure that it happens exactly the way you want it to. There's always going to be something where you have to roll with the punches. And that's what she's talking about, regardless of if you think that it justifies her personal or specific situation is something we can totally talk about, obviously. But in regards to the song, I think the song is good, even if you think that what she's talking about in this specific instance is kind of unethical. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I also think that, again, we've said this, but this is to Sarah Bareilles' credit because she does write these songs that can be applied so universally. Mm-hmm. Even, like, even Bad Idea and It Only Takes a Taste yeah. and When He Sees Me. It's, like, all of these songs, obviously, they fit with the context of the show, but they also can... And You Matter to Me, honestly, is so... Well, it's no. just such a good song that anybody would be able right. to yeah. relate to and apply to their and own And I think... I mean, we can talk about this, I guess, when we get to She Used to Be Mine, but, like, me and you both thought that that was just a Sarah Barella song. For sure. I Like, I didn't know it was a part of the musical. You I Matter just, to Me. No, She Used to Be Mine. She Used to Be Mine. I right. just heard Sarah Bareilles' like, album version of She Used to Be Mine and was like, oh, this is a Sarah Bareilles song. And then when I got into Waitress, I was like, oh, this is a Waitress song? Yeah. Like, she wrote this for a musical and, and then, then it's sang like, it on her own. This is the Waitress song? Right, Like, the right. most climactic song yeah. in the whole Yeah, and show. so I think it's it's it says something, and I like it, that she's writing songs that you like as songs, and if they were sung by a pop artist like Sarah Bareilles, mm-hmm. you would like them, but they make complete sense and flow so easily into the story when you put them in the context of the show. I and just it, think it's so cool. It is unique to Waitress. I'm trying to think of other shows. I don't think there's other shows that have been written by somebody like Sarah Bareilles who turned... There's definitely pop stars. I know, like, the SpongeBob musical <laughs> <laughs> was written by, like, a bunch of different pop artists, and yeah. I, like... Um, I mean, not, it's by no means, like, I think a good, a good comparison would be something maybe more like Mamma Mia, in which the songs are are, are obviously all ABBA songs, but you, they weren't written to be musical songs. And so I think that you can kind of tell that and that sometimes the lyrics are a little weird or don't completely fit. Yeah. They don't completely fit or the songs are like. They, if they feel like they pop out of nowhere where with these the fact that she wrote them for a musical is clearly evident because they flow so well but like I can listen to them outside of it and be like oh this is just a pop song because exactly. that's what we did but she used to be mine yeah yeah so then with You Matter to Me I guess I don't have a ton to say about this song other than I really really like it I think it's really sweet and I think we have kind of already talked about things surrounding the song and how Jenna experiences it and and the things like i hope you become addicted to saying things and having them matter to someone that's an that is just such a cool line to me and i think that it's showing this growth in through through jenna learning how she's going to be a mother she's learning how to be herself too and i think that that is a really cool and especially since she had such a powerful connection with her mother it's like just it's a really beautiful way to talk about things yeah and the line too when she says i hope someone holds you for 20 minutes straight and never mm-hmm. lets you go as dr pometer is holding, holding her in that and they song. don't try to kiss you because and yeah there are a bunch of scenes where earl will get home and be like kiss me yeah or like something like that and so she's like i hope someone just wants to hold you and give you a hug and they don't need to get anything from you and they don't need to kiss you and they don't need to just say anything or need to say anything to you like they just hold you and like, and then you that's just... what that's how it's staged yeah. and chore- or choreographed mm-hmm. on yeah in that yeah. scene and i just think the lyrics are so simple but they they 
work so well. Like, you matter to me, simple and plain and not much to ask. That's so cute. I don't know. I just, I yeah, think it's sometimes... a really touching, sometimes less is more. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And then with the song She Used to Be Mine, there is a lot to unpack with this. In general, it's such a great song because it encompasses everything that she's been going through that has been built up over the entire first act. Everything that we've learned about Jenna is kind of coming together in this one cohesive song and climactic point for her character. More specifically, what I think is the most compelling about it is the line, she's messy but she's kind, she's lonely most of the time, she's all of this mixed up and baked in a beautiful pie, which I think just encompasses everything about her as a person and everything about humans because we're all messy and we all don't know what the heck we're doing but we can find beauty in the things that are complicated and not always going our way. So that is m- mostly kudos to Sarah Bareilles, mm-hmm. which we have said many times. Yeah. But And I think that it, it goes back to what we were talking about with what's inside is that it's like she finds this way to mix all of her issues into her art. Yep. And I think that that can be really beneficial for her, but it also can become pretty harmful because she doesn't have any strategies for coping and she doesn't know how to deal with any of her issues because she just throws it all into her pies and says okay I'm done with it for the day and then she can come to a breaking point which is what this song is I also really like the fact that it's like in third person I think that that's a really interesting choice to make it's not I'm imperfect and I try I'm good but lie it's she is and I think that that kind of lends itself to the idea that Jenna is detached from herself and she's living her life like without really living it. She's just going through the motions. And so when she's talking about this person who's who's complicated and imperfect and trying and, and kind and she's gone but she used to be mine... She's saying, like, I want to find a way to get back to who I am and live my life that way. And I almost feel like this performance and at this point in the show, the way that the song is sung because it's so powerful is her finding that in the moment. Like, literally through the song and through, through the course of the song, she is finding that out about herself and... And maybe realizing what she has to do to get it back, which is probably leave Earl and probably leave Pomodoro too. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, directly when the song ends, she goes into labor and then... And so even though, like, what you're saying is it is in third person, which shows the detach her detachment, I also think that this song is her becoming reattached. I mean, that, like, sounds like a weird word to use, but becoming herself and becoming an individual again and finding herself again in part through her daughter that's about to be born and in part through the experiences that she's had in her relationship with Dr. Mm-hmm. Pometer and all of these things put together. Yeah, and I think, like, the bridge in the song really goes, like, the lyrics are getting stronger each day till it finally reminds her like to fight just a little that she's fighting for her baby and she's making her self stay alive and wake up every morning for her baby and she's finding these ways to to feel important and feel valuable and that's through pometer through the life that she's about to bring into the world and so i just think that it's a it's a very interesting song and i think it shows how strong jenna is that she's been able to get up every day when she hasn't been so thrilled about having a kid and she had to deal with Earl and she's been working this like nine to five job that she loves baking, but she probably doesn't love her job a ton, like being a waitress. And so I just think all of that is so well like verbalized in this song. And in my opinion, the lyrics are only half the battle, half the battle in the sense that the performance to me conveys I would even argue 50% of what the meaning or the point of the song 
is the way that it builds and the way that she becomes so immersed. Whoever is playing Jenna, and they all they all do it incredibly, but whoever is playing Jenna in this song co- becomes more herself as the song evolves. So regardless of the words, even though those are an important aspect of the song, the performance itself is what's powerful yeah, and fitting for the song in general yeah, and the character. Agree. And it's so well placed in the show. It just is so, yeah, it's so good. So then with um, basically the last song in the show, there's a reprise, but that doesn't really count. Everything Changes is actually a song that I think is pretty underappreciated. I feel like no one really ever talks about this song, but it really is quite good. Um, I think that this song is such a good reflection of of Jenna on her whole on the how she's been her whole life and over the course of the whole show is that she's she's really found her her ground and has learned how to like deal with it and I think that the idea that everything changes is one that's super optimistic and like okay well I was in a bad place yesterday maybe I'll be in a bad place tomorrow but everything changes and everything's growing and I will be better and I'll make it work and I think that that is what the song is about and it's also about her like learning how to find self-appreciation and self-love and self-value and understanding why she should exist in the world and that's so cool too. So. And especially after she used to be mine, all of what you're saying mm-hmm. I think has a, a lot more meaning too. And it just feels, I don't know how to describe it, but Jenna's character, there's just something about her that feels so genuine that when she sings these things, like in Everything Changes, it doesn't feel like the show is trying to push this narrative of like, oh, just go with the flow. Life always pl- like pans out right. the way that it should. But it's like that, that's the message, but it doesn't feel it like... It so earned. Yeah, exactly. It, that's not, a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, like it's not like... And everything was okay in the end. Like, even the ending, like we've talked about, is pretty complicated. And, like, she probably maybe would have wanted to end up with Pometer, but yeah. knew that that wasn't the right way to go. And so there's totally still things that are yet to be resolved, but it's like she's ready to look at that more optimistically. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, yeah, it doesn't feel like it was all tied up with a bow, but it kind of does too. I don't know. It's one weird. one critique I think we could just bring up briefly is that I do think the show glosses over some realities, especially when we're talking about themes of domestic violence mm-hmm. and abusive relationships and even affairs and like being a single mom and all of these really can be challenging, difficult life things. I think that it could be a valid critique to say that it glosses over those things. In my opinion, in the context of this show, Sarah and the writers do a good job of prioritizing what they want to, Mm -hmm. what messages they want to send. So I don't think that it's particularly lacking any, anything or many things, but I can see how someone would take this and be like, that's maybe not an accurate representation of Especially domestic with the violence. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because she basically is like, oh, we're breaking up. And he's like, what? Darn. And yeah. leaves. And, and it's like, okay, but this man is like abusive. Yeah. And she's been like feared for so long to leave him, even though she's wanted to. And it's like, it does feel like they kind of were like, and now he's gone because he's mean and we don't like him and he's gone now. When it, they could have kind of made that more of a, a difficult thing. And but, even but with... you can't do it all. Also. With You can't do it all. And with this song, with Everything Changes too. there is a, like, it's all tied up in a bow. Even though she yeah, doesn't end up with Dr. Pometer, it's still, like, she's with her daughter and they're yeah, all, like... she's smiling and happy and she loves parenting. The, and, enti- the entire ensemble is beaming. Everybody right. is having, like, a party at the end, basically. Yeah. Which does make it sound like, and now for the rest of our life, everything is going to be so beautiful and we're not going to have any problems, <laughs> is the vibe. But also, it's like, sometimes that's just musical theater. Yeah. And sometimes you, you need to walk out of a show that, like, if you end on a She Used To Be Mine now, it's like, 
yikes. But yeah. It's like they give you that like, okay, we all cried in the audience, but now it's like we can smile and be happy that Jenna's happy. And they but don't. But I totally, it, yeah. it's, so it is kind of the superficial like, and they were happy. Yeah. But it is, but it's also like, meh. I think I to your point. That I think they. Theater. I think they earned it. I think. Yeah. I I'm not dissatisfied with a happy ending in this. Yeah, me Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the Behind the Backdrop podcast. Special thanks to Ian Handelin for composing our intro music and Megan Hine for designing our logo. We'll see you next month for our second special episode where we'll spend some time with the little chef in Ratatouille.